Thank you for joining me for a few moments to ponder 2 Peter. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 67. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come. Mocking the truth and following their own desires, they will say, What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then, he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come, as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him, speaking of these things in all of his letters. Some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture and this will result in their destruction. 2 Peter 3, 1 through 16. 
when you're excited about something to come, like waiting in line for a roller coaster, the birth of a new baby, or even waiting for cookies to come out of the oven. When we want the outcome, waiting is exciting. In fact, <laughs> I've waited in line for over an hour to ride a two-minute roller coaster. And even though it was an hour, it was fine. But when it's waiting for something hard, the outcome of a surgery, waiting for the other shoe to drop, or waiting for someone's last breath, waiting can be lonely and hard. I can remember waiting for over an hour just to hear the words, he arrived safely, and that hour felt like 20. When we read of the last days, it can be a little overwhelming, and we hear it with many different reactions. Excitement, fear, hope, worry, or even dread because we really don't know the timing or the literal details. We just know it's coming and the earth will melt. There will be fire. For these early Christians, they just want Jesus to come back and the wait is beginning to feel long. It's been about 35 years since Jesus ascended into heaven and they're being picked on for their hope being picked on by those that don't really understand. They mock them with, "Mm, I thought Jesus was coming back. Throughout his letters, Peter uses Old Testament references to support his words. And in chapter 3, we see Peter using Psalms, Isaiah, Genesis, words from Job and Ezekiel. If you'd like the exact references he uses, you can find them in the transcript of this podcast. Now, Peter notes that the heavens have been around for a long time and that God spoke the world into being. The false teaching then is rooted in ignorance, dismissing the facts from scripture. So Peter reminds the readers of God's promise and points out the hole in the mocker's thought process. See, these scoffers, as Peter calls them, are saying that nothing has changed since the creation of the world, but Peter quickly reminds them that the flood changed everything. I enjoy watching documentaries, partly because I love history, but also because I just enjoy learning. I was recently watching one that was exploring ancient civilization What the archaeologists discovered was that around the world, in almost every ancient belief system, from the mountains of Asia to the pyramids of Mexico, that there is a great flood story within it. It was a unifying factor between so many. And we know why. All of those civilizations come from one family that repopulated the earth. Now, Peter goes on to remind them that God is outside of time and isn't being slow in his return. He's being patient. Now, being outside of time is a concept that our finite minds can't truly comprehend. I mean, everything we do is marked by time. Birthdays, anniversaries, and the expiration date on our milk. Think about two minutes. 
And in each of these circumstances, I'd like you to note how you feel as I say them. Two minutes of waiting in line at the grocery store. Two minutes of snuggling a child. Two minutes of silence. Two minutes of just working around the house. Did any of those examples prick your heart? The same two minutes feel so different in different situations. In America, people always seem to be in a hurry and I have to admit that I can be this way as well. We want to get where we're going. We want our food fast and we push to the front of lines. In fact, we take college courses in high school just so we can get ahead. Some of these are good, but others are, well, just pushy. Peter is using the words from Psalm 90, saying, A thousand years are like a day, and a day is like a thousand years for God. What he means is that God isn't limited by time. He also uses Job's words to remind them that God has always existed. And I find this so hard to comprehend. Charles Spurgeon says it this way, and I really like it. He says, All things are equally near and present to his view, meaning God's. The distance of a thousand years before the occurrence of an event is no more to him than would be an interval of a day. With God, indeed, there is neither past, present, nor future. He takes his name, the I Am, He is the I am. I am in the present. I am in the past. And I am in the future. Just as we say of God that he is everywhere, so may we say of him that he is always. He is everywhere in space. He is everywhere in time. Hmm. He is everywhere in time. Take that in for a moment. From the moment on the cross to this very second, he is there. We may be waiting for his return to make all things new in our world, but we are not waiting on him to be with us, to love us and forgive. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, the new world to come, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. These verses are for us as much as they are for that early church. As we wait for Christ's return, knowing he could return today or tomorrow. We can be comforted by knowing that God is waiting to return because he desires that all would come to him and receive his mercy. How can we who know him want anything different? I love that Peter connects to Paul's writing here. He calls Paul beloved and his writings wise. 
even if they can be hard to understand. Even then, Paul's letters needed to be studied for their context and audience in order to be understood. Yet Peter speaks of Paul's letter with the weight of Scripture, not only to validate Paul's writings, but to show respect to Paul himself. And I think it's amazing to see the connection between these two men. We've come to the end of this second letter from Peter. His death would follow not long after this writing. But thankfully, he continues to guide us today as we take his words to heart. To live a life that honors God, knowing he will return, bringing a new heaven and earth. And until that day, we need to keep these final words of Peter in mind. Therefore, let me warn you, beloved, knowing these things beforehand, Be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men who distort doctrine. And don't fall from your own steadfastness of mind, knowledge, truth, and faith. But grow spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.